welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 224. And another thing about porn. <laughs> now, look, I may have ruffled some feathers with my last episode. It's like, I don't know. I don't think I did. I don't know. No one ever really <laughs> tells me that. <laughs> um, but I mean, look, I said what I said. And again, I just think it comes from this mindset of feeling ashamed of sexual pleasure. Now, of course, the pleasure has to not be something that is um, non-consensual, right? Like, obviously, have consensual sex. But aside from that, let people like what they like and stop shaming people. Like, watch your porn and go. Anyway, let's move on. So, Aretha Franklin, Aretha Franklin's song, Natural Woman, has been canceled. <laughs> it's like, let me not give the LGBTQ plus community power here when it comes to this, because this is so ridiculous. Um, but there is some conversation happening around her song a natural woman this song has been out for many many years it has been celebrated on just different platforms whether it's a soundtrack to a song a soundtrack to a movie a tv show background music something that you'll play in woman empowerment conferences it was the shit it still is the song but like for a very long time it has been the song to be sung um to really empower women and to embrace our 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 beauty and our um natural beauty at that and not feeling like we have to conform to society or or find a way to look like someone else other than ourselves. And I'm speaking as if you're a woman listening to this, of course, because I'm a woman. Um, but yeah, so transgender activists are trying to strike against this song, claiming that it is promoting um, hateful language and just violence towards transgender people, you know, men who identify or want to be identified as women um, feel like this song is not conducive to their agenda. Okay, get out of my face. Like, can, can we cut it out? Can we cut it out? There is like something in the water, but I have been seeing more men lately really trying it, really going above and beyond to deceive people into believing that they're a woman when they're not. And you have this song that came out in 1968 this old ass song and the full title of it is you make me feel like a natural woman um you know when you get into the title of this song just the title alone it really speaks to 
the feeling that a woman, a natural, and let's speak to that, a natural woman, but I think that's the that's the term here that some transgender people feel offended by because it's like, oh, well, because they're not natural women, right? And so they see this as a slight to them because they don't fit under this category. You may think you're a woman because that's how you quote unquote identify, but you're not a natural one. And so the title of the song alone is sparking some controversy at least. I don't know how really much um, of a controversy take it is with this headline. Um, When I read this headline, it actually says, Aretha Franklin's song, A Natural Woman, blasted by fake transgender activists. So I think there are a group of people out here who are trying to cause some drama when it comes to this song, but may not actually really mean what they're saying. So let me go ahead and read this. A now debunked activist group in Norway, so it's not even in America, in Norway called for Aretha Franklin's hit 1968 song, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, to be removed from both Apple Music and Spotify after they deemed its lyrics offensive. Um, The Transcultural Mindfulness Alliance took to Twitter last week to condemn the ballad, citing that it has ignited harm against transgender women. All right, goodbye. Quote, Aretha Franklin's 1968 song, Natural Woman, perpetuates multiple harmful anti-trans stereotypes. The organization tweeted, there's no such thing as a natural woman. Like, at this point, you're pissing in my face. You're pissing in my face. Okay, I'm not Carisha. I don't like golden showers. Do not piss on my face. Absolutely not. Okay, in this movement to accept trans women, there is this push to erase natural women. There is this push to diminish our natural experiences here in America, here on earth, and minimizing, minimizing, yeah, minimalizing. Oh my goodness, sorry, my words just be jumbling up. But just, it's a way to kind of just make our experience less than what it actually is. Like, we, if we could coexist in a community without making another group of people feel less than, feel inadequate, feel like their experience don't matter. You know, so what we have had just the the spotlight on us for many years and just now we're seeing examples of trans women. That could still be done while recognizing natural women at the same time. Like, you guys could be one group and we could be another. We do not have to be this inclusive crap that we're trying to put. Not everything, nobody, not everyone needs to be included. Not everyone needs to be included. We could separate. We could kind of break away from each other. You know, we don't have to go off on this, like, just this 
high strung attempt to include everybody in this take. So let me continue with this article. The message continued, this song, the song has helped inspired acts of harm against transgender women. TCMA is requesting it is removed from Spotify and Apple Music. However, after initial denials, the group has since claimed that their original post was indeed satirical. Oh, okay. In a message to the post on Monday afternoon, the group also updated their Twitter bio to now say parody satire. Okay, well, you should have started off like that then. (laughs) But here's the thing. We live in a world in which this could actually be true. Right. We live in a world in which people will actually go out of their way and say this is a a truth, you know, um, a a true statement, something that we should strike down and strike against. Like this is not far fetched. So I'm not even going to feel embarrassed (laughs) that I fell for this. But I'm wondering, is this whole account uh, an account of parody? Right? Are they just making fun of the woke and the liberal and the Democratic Party? Then I'm all for that. But, um, or is, is it just this tweet? So, okay, well, that's interesting. Well, yeah, someone said, OMG, get a life and stop trying to cancel everything. How sad and pathetic one's life must be if this is a priority to you. This is a great song, You Go Girl, at Aretha Franklin. I think Aretha actually passed, so um, may may her soul continue to rest. But yeah, I just, anyway, I guess that was a false news. Farce! <laughs> Erase that. <laughs> okay. Speaking of the LGBTQ plus IA, whatever community, um, they are upset at Beyonce for performing in Dubai because Dubai is allegedly a place in which um, many people in that community f- are threatened and killed because of their sexual orientation. And uh, they feel like Beyonce didn't really have their back (laughs) because why would she perform there? This is such a dumb ass take. It really is. And why is it dumb? Let me explain. So let me just read first what this article is telling me about this um, controversy when it comes to her performing there. Um, Okay, so someone says in a tweet, No beef, but I'm struggling to understand why Beyonce, who has half a billion dollars, would accept $20 million to make her debut performance of the Renaissance album, a record which lifts heavily from queer culture in Dubai, a country where LGBTQ rights aren't recognized. Someone else said, Beyonce performs in Dubai's homophobic dictatorship, ditching her own progressive values. She put a money-grabbing paycheck before human rights and sang no songs from Renaissance album to appease anti-LGBT plus regime that has death penalty for gay sex. I mean, don't have gay sex then. Damn, that's it. I'm, 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 I'm 
I do draw the line. So look, I know I joke a lot here. I do draw the line. I don't want anyone killed for their, um, you know, sexual desires as long as it's consensual and of age. Um, but let's talk about this in particular. So I think this is a lazy, lazy argument. You know, I think there is always something to be offended for, right? Oh, I'm offended because you decided to wear yellow and you you knew today was World AIDS Day. You should have wore red. Like, if you don't get out of my face, get out of my face. You know, and I just feel like, what the fuck? Leave Beyonce alone. So what? She's performing in Dubai. Is she responsible for the LGBT hate there? No. Is she the one behind the death penalty to, you know, to kill anyone for having gay sex? No. Like, what are we talking about? This does not mean that she is supporting or legislating this hate crime against the gay community, the queer community. Like, this is not, one does not mean the other. And I also don't appreciate people counting people's pockets, God, like, so what? She's half a billionaire. If she wants to get another 20 million, <laughs> million, million, then let her, let her do so. What is that to you? Do you get any, do you get anything from it? Do you get some money from it? Is your paycheck less now because Beyonce's performing in Dubai? And again, this goes back to the fact that we spend our energy on things that really don't matter, like, it really doesn't matter to you whether or not Beyonce is performing in Dubai. It really holds no bearing to your your livelihood, to your identity. And if it does, then that's concerning, right? Like, I shouldn't have to feel like I am inadequate because Beyonce has decided to perform in Dubai, Child, I wish I was in Dubai. I could catch her that, catch that performance. Um, so I don't know. Look, it's not that serious. God bless Beyonce. She is supposed to be having a tour. I want to say either this year, later on this year or next year. And I'm debating if I want to go. Not debating if I want to go. I just, you know, this will be the first tour that I would attend without my cousin. Um, and... Uh, I think it would just be surreal to know that, wow, like I'm going on this tour for Beyonce. Well, I'm going on her tour. No, I'm watching her her concert and, you know, she's not, you know, my cousin's not here to really experience that with me in live person, you know, in live time. Um, but I don't know, I'm debating. We'll see how it looks like. We'll see how much she's asking for it because I know her tickets are always ridiculous and I still I still put down $600. <laughs> yes, I've done it before and I'll do it again. We'll see how everything's looking like. And next thing you know, at 7.02, tickets are live and on sale. Like, what? Okay, here you go. Here's all my money. Like, no, like I'm an adult now and... I have to think of my responsibilities. <laughs> Before, when I would spend that much for Beyonce tickets, I wasn't, you know, living on my own. I was able to just go ahead and do it freely. So we'll see how much the tickets are and 
what it will be looking like if I'm going to go with a group of friends or just myself, whatever that looks like. So, but shout out to Beyonce. She is still doing the damn, the damn thing. <sighs> oh, seeing her on tour. That would be so lovely, actually. For, especially for this album, Renaissance. This album is so... Oh, what's the word? Like, it's very 70s and free-flowing and... I guess it is inspired by queer communities um, and what they listen to. So I guess um, she is influenced by them. But I think it is just such a well done, just a well done album. So check out Renaissance if you haven't yet. It's just so well done. And um, we'll see. We'll see if I'll go whatever the ticket's looking like and whenever it is live. Okay, so let's get into some more of these topics. I have been made aware of a situation with Kel Mitchell. Remember Kel, Keenan and Kel from Nickelodeon? So Kel, the skinny one, the one who's not big, or, you know, Keenan is not no longer big anymore, but when he was, he, it was clearly easy to distinguish between the two. But Kel is the skinny one. And he has had a a couple of years, a long battle, custody battle, visitation battle with the mother of his children. His daughter, his eldest daughter, I think she's in her teenage years right now. She released a TikTok video of herself complaining about, not complaining, I think that's a wrong choice of words, but just ranting about not having a close relationship with her father and how her father was never in her life and she didn't grow up with him and he's not this cookie cutter guy that we all think he is. He was never my dad. He never took care of me. He was never there, all these things, right? So she's she's dogging him, dogging him, dogging him. Recently, he has released or actually not recently, um, some videos were resurfaced (laughs) that countered what the daughter said. So previously, a couple of years ago, Kel, Kel Mitchell, he said, he shared a video of himself sharing his just fight to win the custody battle to at least visit his children half the time and he's been in courts left and right all day a couple times a month however long it's it's needed for him to be able to visit and be with his children and this is a years long battle and I think with situations like this you have you have the, the children knowing one story, and typically that story is only said by the mother, while the father is seen as this bad guy. You know, the father is painted as this deadbeat, this, uh, you know, someone who abandons his children, and that wasn't the case at all. And it just makes me wonder about, you know, what was the, the, like, just the makeup of their relationship, right? Like when I think of a mother who does that, I just really wonder, is she all the way there mentally? You know, like what what joy do you find from making your child feel as if 
their father has abandoned them knowing darn well that their father has not and knowing darn well that their father is fighting to see their child frequently all the time if they could and yet you are purposely creating this story this narrative as if the father is is just this deadbeat this this trash ass man and you know i hate your dad and you should hate him too and i just really think about the mental capacity of a mother who could do such a thing you know, it's one thing, and I also not even it's one thing, because I think oftentimes we hear the reason is, oh, well, because the dad, he dogged out the mom, right? Maybe he cheated on her left and right. And um, the, the mother felt like, well, you cheat on me, you cheat on your family, you're not gonna see your kids. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like, when do we stop thinking about ourselves when it comes to stuff like that? You know, like, when do we, like, we just have to start unlearning some things we have to start realizing that when you know children are in the mix whatever took place between you and the father should not hold any bearing upon the child oh my gosh this is making me think of a story of of a moment in time in my life so when I was younger I'm not gonna say I don't want to be too specific because you know, it's not my business to tell. <laughs> it's kind of hard sharing like personal stories and knowing that, you know, there are other people involved in the story. So it's like, uh, I could share my truth, you know, how I, my, how I saw it, um, with the, how do I do it without not sharing too much with the other person? Anyway, anyway, anyway. So when I was younger, my parents were going through a hard time in their marriage and my father disclosed too much information about what took place. And I was the the scapegoat. I was the one who received all of his depressing feelings and just his sadness that was so overwhelming for me. And I was listening to this sob story every fucking morning. <laughs> And I know it sounds insensitive, soft story. No, I think I think it comes off insensitive because I feel like you shouldn't share some things with kids, right? Like kids should not know the details of their parents' marriage. Like, there's what are we talking about? Like, I don't care what happened. Why the fuck are you telling your child this? I don't care we're in the same house, under the same roof. Why are you disclosing this? What am I supposed to do? Speak to my mom? about her husband and her her way as a wife child anyway i'm getting triggered um so my my dad would share too much basically and he did it so so um so consistently it was because he always would uh, draw me off to school for high school and this took place in my ninth grade year of high school i was at an all-girls school um, for my ninth grade year until I transferred to a co-ed Catholic school for my later years of high school. So from 10 to 12, I was at a co-ed school. But for my ninth grade year, I was at an all-girls school. And it was just, you know, hormones, being with all, it was just a lot. It was a lot. So already feeling mentally 
overwhelmed knowing the environment I was walking into every day, every morning, the type of girls I would deal with, the cattiness, never feeling like I fit in because these bitches always, yo, I hated those bitches. (laughs) But they were just always just worried about the wrong thing, you know? Anyway, that's not that's not where I'm getting at in the story. The point is, I was already thinking about like, you know, high school things, you know, fitting in with the crowd or not fitting in or feeling lonely and not feeling lonely and you know, stuff like that. And then to add on to that, I'm now aware of details of a marriage. <laughs> Now I have to deal with the sadness and depression that my father is sharing with me about whatever's going on in his marriage. What does that have to do with me? And I take that energy with me today of like, don't share with me things that have nothing to do with me. It's one thing to vent to someone or, you know, just kind of share how things are going, but it's a different thing when you are an adult at that time and when you're a child at that time, right? Like, And just the dynamic of the relationship. <laughs> hey, I'm the daughter of the woman who you're talking about, right? <laughs> like, and you know, I, and look, I, I think after many years of just self-reflection and, just the grief of that moment in time, you finally realize like, look, people do what they know is best at the time. And, or people do what they don't know, right? People do what they only know what to do. And what he only thought to do was to talk to the next person in front of him. And that was me. Anyway, so I got, I got a lot of that. And It was a lot. And I think about just this case here of how Kel Mitchell, he was seen as his his deadbeat father. And he was seen as a deadbeat father when that was not the case at all. And you have this daughter believing one narrative and she shouldn't have been receiving any narrative at all about the details of her parents' relationship, whether they were married or not. You know, so I just think about like, you know, what is the mental capacity here? You know, like what makes someone feel as if it is appropriate to to tell a child false information about their father? It's a mental like there there is something something mentally wrong here. But I think also it speaks to the society that we're in. You know, so many, so many things have been engraved to our thinking, making us feel as if this is plausible for us to be mad at, right? Like, okay, if someone quote unquote cheats, I don't like using that word anymore, cheats on you. When someone cheats on you, you have the right to key his car. You know, uh, I think about that Jasmine Sullivan song, I bust the windows at your car. Beautiful song, right? Because she sounds, her voice is amazing. Everything is beautiful. But like, you have examples of of that type of behavior in records. So many different songs have this same rhetoric. Like, oh, you cheat on me? I have the right to key your car. I have the right to burn down your house. Shout out to Left Eye. I have the right, 
no you don't <laughs> like no you don't like we we're we're in a society in which we think this behavior is an equal reaction to that that this warrants violence and someone may argue well it was emotionally violent you emotionally was violent to me for cheating on me stop look i do understand that yes there are things in a relationship that are non-negotiables right but I just think some things should not warrant a response like that. Because what now? He still cheated, right? Like what now? He still did what he did or she still, well, I'm saying he cause it's always the he part that receives the, the busting of the windows, you know, the, the crashing of the car, the burning down of the house. You don't hear accounts of men doing that to women who's cheated on them. So that's why I'm saying he. But um, I just, you know, it, it shouldn't warrant that. Like, why are we okaying violent behavior as reactions to, to matters of the heart? Child, I don't know. I just, I, I think we gotta really unpack that. I'm, I'm literally unpacking it as I speak because I think, you know, for so long, if you just look back to just the records that you've listened to, that's not so old records. Why do I say records? The songs that you've listened to over the years, even just while you were growing up, they were conditioning you to, to feel a certain way, to think a certain way. Oh, he cheated, beat him up not beat him up, but like, you know, beat up his car, beat up that bitch, speak to her woman to woman. Don't fucking woman to woman me. <laughs> Do not woman, I will woman you to sleep. Like I, I'm not entertaining it. Because again, we're just so focused on the wrong things. And I think if we just focus on our relationship with that person, then we won't feel this, this strong reaction of a betrayal. I don't know. I guess I'm a free bitch, baby. Okay, let's move on. Speaking of romance, this writer faked her own death and admitted to it. (laughs) There's this woman from Tennessee. Tennessee. She faked her own death um, because she felt the book world was overwhelming for her. It was an addiction for her and she didn't know any other way out. What are we talking about? (laughs) So she thought the only way out from the book world is by faking her own death and making others believe that she committed suicide or died by suicide. That's the politically correct thing to say. I guess, I think that's one of, the, one of the few things I would agree with, like, I guess commit. I never liked the word commit suicide. Like, what? <laughs> you don't commit a murder. I mean, I think you have said that, but like people don't usually say commit murder. You, you murder someone. So anyway, um, so she faked her own death. Okay, so she is this writer that has um, been writing books online and created a great following of readers of her books online. So much so that she had a Facebook group and other like um, just social groups 
online that discuss her writing and her characters that she created. And she would write book after book after book. She did that because she was lonely. She was in her house by herself. Her her husband is a truck driver, so he's out for long hours. And she spent so much of her time, if not all of her time, reading books and eventually realizing, you know what, I want to write my own, which I commend her for. But it got to a point where it it left her in a disastrous state. Now, here's the here's a kicker. She has bipolar disorder. <laughs> I think that's a big reason here, right? She has bipolar disorder and the community that she was involved in, you know, it was a book community, people who loved reading so much so that You know, I talked about this term before, maladaptive dreaming, which is, um, is not uh, technically a disorder, it's not recognized as a disorder yet, but it is so creepy because it actually feels like it could be a, like a legitimate disorder. It's basically when you are, creating scenarios in your head of, of, of characters. Like you are creating characters in your mind and you create storylines of, of those characters so much so that you have characters in your mind who have grown and developed and have story arcs. And you, you know, some people may think, oh, well, you're just a writer. You're just a a storyteller. You you could just use that energy and write books and all these things. And that's beautiful. You can. But the difference with this condition is you are letting it infiltrate your life so much so that it is negatively impacting your relationships, meaning you're not at all engaged in real life. You would rather be at home in bed with these made up characters that you've created in your mind. That's what maladaptive dreaming is. And you find so much comfort and joy in it. You've created this, um, or you develop this anxiety disorder and this social anxiety against socializing with people and being with others in real life. You would rather be with yourself in these scenarios in your mind. Like, it's really bad. And so when you have a woman like this, now, I don't know it said anything about her having maladaptive dreaming conditioning, um, conditioning in her in her system or whatever, but... Um, she has bipolar. <laughs> that right there is diagnosed. And uh, it, she described the online community that, that she was a part of became a, quote, treacherous community for her. And so she uh, decided to kill herself or act like she did. She is, in fact, alive. And um, she came to that decision because she felt like it would be hard to differentiate from the book world and the real world. So that's why I mentioned maladaptive dreaming because it is, uh, you know, when someone's saying the book world, that's like, you know, that's not a world, you know, like that's not a real life world. It's something that you are creating in your mind, right? Um, So the characters that you create, whether because you're writing a book or you're just like suffering from this condition, 
these are characters that aren't real, like tangibly. Um, I mean, what what is a real character really? Because even if you watch movies, I mean, they're not real. You could see them on TV, but they're not like real characters in real life, like you know, stuff like that. Anyway, um, so she's having a hard. She had a hard time differentiating between the book world and the real world and decided to off herself. Now, again, she is alive and there may be some attack to her um, for deciding to uh, act as if she was dead Um, because tax dollars have been used to to investigate the crime and come to find out she literally she says she was dead i mean you don't say you're dead but like she basically made it seem like she was gone and then literally two weeks ago not at this time but two weeks from when she posted something that seemed as if she could she died by suicide she uh shocked her online community by returning to her online page and said she was back (laughs) he's like hey i'm back now she said she was back and now in a good place and then she said she's ready to resume writing under her own name and she playfully concluded let the fun begin now if this ain't bipolar i don't know what is right like and that is that was another personality coming out oh no that's uh, sorry i'm thinking schizophrenia <laughs> another personality well look that, that was another mood that came out that made her feel as if she um you know she needed to do this and now she's back and she's ready to rumble. So uh, they have a see. So other writers seeing this were not in the mood for fun, describing deep feelings of betrayal. They have called for her to be prosecuted for fraud, alleging that she faked her death to sell books or solicit cash donations. They have reported her to the FBI cyber crimes unit and the local sheriff and vowed to shun her and her work. Child, maybe she should have just stayed dead because this is gonna be worse. Some have questioned whether she exists in real life. Oh my gosh. Um, so she, yes, yeah, she does exist. This article that I'm reading shows a picture of her. So she came forward or at least she agreed to this article and um, she does exist. She said that The online community, like I said earlier, became a treacherous place for her, um, particularly someone who's uh, who's trying to manage her new diagnosis of bipolar disorder. So maybe while she made it seem like she died by suicide, she was having an episode and didn't know it because this was newly diagnosed. Uh, She says, I think it's a very dangerous mix up, especially if you have a mental illness. I would log on and get in. And at some point in the day, my two worlds would collide and it would be hard to differentiate between book world and the real world. It was like they would sandwich together. Now, I don't understand that. Like, what do you mean? It's hard to like you. How do you not know the characters that you create for your stories are not people like human beings in real life? She said when she was first introduced to the book world, as she calls it, she was alone at home for long stretches of time because her husband is a long haul truck driver who traversed the country. And so in the meantime, she read romance novels and 
decided to write. She said this became more like quicksand over the next three years. She self-published 14 novels. Like, look, I mean, look, was commendable, was commendable. That's, that's, that's a bit commendable, right? Over three years, she published 14 novels. Damn, what am I doing? I've been meaning to write a book for years. Not like seriously, but like I, I've always thought about it. Like, oh, that sounds cool. That sounds good. Oh my gosh, I could write that. And then like, I would like take some notes down of things I would like to discuss in the book. But I don't know. I think I might want to change the topic though. Because I, I did start a draft um, like a year or two ago. I never continued it because it was just too emotional. Oh my gosh. And it, it stems from my life like it's loosely from my life i'm just obviously using other character names well like character names um but i never continued it because I, I just didn't want to tap back into that memory too much and so i just left it there i'm sure it's somewhere on my uh computer on my mac I, maybe I'll continue it. But yeah, that is pretty commendable. So she, over the next four, three years, she self-published. And how do you self-publish? I'm going to look into that because I do wonder, how do you self-publish? Like, okay, I, I write a book. Okay, now what? Do I get an agent? What, what happens now? She self-published 14 novels and maintained a near constant social media presence. She was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, a disease characterized by periods of manic activity that can alternate with deep depression. So I think that that explains her her hard work ethic in publishing for in writing and self-publishing 14 novels. You know, when you are manic, you are filled with so much energy, you're, you have so much to do on your to-do list and you do it all. It's not like, oh, I just have so much to do, I don't know where to start. No, you start and you finish. And it's like, you know, it's very productive, but then you crash. You are crashing into a deep depression for however long, it could be a day or it could be a couple of days. And how do I know this? I don't know this in like, you know, I don't have bipolar, but I just, you know, sometimes I will get a little, a little manic and like, ah, you know, do all these things or I'm not bipolar. No, <laughs> no, but I, I've watched different um, shows and there was one show I watched on um, Chad, I've been farting. I don't know if you guys heard that. I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Um, but I've been farting all day. <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't smelled either. It's just been like gas. Anyway, so uh, I watched a show on Amazon Prime. I can't remember it right now, but it's such an interesting show because every episode in the show focuses on a different topic and it's different characters every time. <sighs> I think it's something about love. I think love's in the title. But anyway, there was a, there's one episode featuring Anna Hathaway. Oh my goodness. She is, if you don't know Anna Hathaway, get to know her. Because my God, today, if she doesn't act, or Anne Hathaway, not Anna, Anne Hathaway. She is a, an incredible actress. Um, you guys know her from also, what's that? Um, what's that show? Not show, that movie. Hold on, it's gonna bother me right now. What is that movie? Oh, she's only 40? I thought she was, oh my God. Um, 
The Devil Wears Prada, The Princess Diaries. You guys know Anne Hathaway. Anyway, so she is featured in one of the episodes from the show that I'm talking about on Amazon Prime. And she's playing this, this manic person. I want to say she had bipolar. Yeah, I think she did have bipolar disorder. Um, her character did. And you really see the ups and the downs. Like, whoo, it is a crash. And you see that reflected in her, her work state, in her home state. Right, just how how her home is is when she's up, you know, she everything's put together, it's clean, she's filled with ide- with all these ideas. And then when she's down, she barely has energy to to turn the blinds on, to open the blinds. She barely barely has energy to wash her ass. It's very just it's depressing. It really is depressing and you know, I think, of course, there's a lot of factors to it. Like, you know, what are you eating? What are you drinking? How were you raised? And you can't really change how you were raised, right? You can't change your childhood. You can't change your upbringing. And you can't really, I don't know. Like, yeah, you can unlearn some things. But I think because you can't change your childhood, there are some things in your mind that are just permanently wired that way. Right. So if you grew up in an abusive household, more than likely you will come out with something fucked up. However, whatever that something is, more than likely you will come out with something messed up about you. And oftentimes it's something like a bipolar disorder or like specifically bipolar disorder or anything else. So uh, anyway, this is just incredible. <laughs> this just made me think about the episode. That was a powerful episode. Oh my gosh! Ooh, and that whole show. I didn't. Let me see if I can find the name of the t- that show because now I'm talking about it, but <laughs> I don't remember the name of it. And I actually stopped. I don't know if I finished every episode in that season because it was just a lot, and I just didn't expect for it to be as heavy as it was. But I was so intrigued because I was learning so much. You know, I love to learn. And um, I w- yeah, I just loved it so much. So I'm going to see if I can find it out at some point. Okay, let's just go ahead and move forward. Hold on. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to see if I can find it. Amazon Prime movies. You know how you go on Amazon.com and it only brings you to the shopping center. I'm trying to find how do I go to the freaking... <laughs> the digital center. Ah! <laughs> Sorry, this is bothering me. Oh, what's the name of that show? It's on Amazon Prime. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, guys. Okay, hold on. I think I'm almost there. Ooh, child. Okay, I'll get to it at some point. Anyway, let's move. Okay, Prime movies and shows you may like. Okay, I'm gonna see if. And I was like, oof, I want to say two years ago. And I still remember that episode because I was so taken aback. It was so, 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 so good. And it just really speaks to the fact that, you know, how do we prevent this, right? Like, how do we get to a point in our society in which there is not this strong influx of people, there is not a strong influx of people just fucked up 
there's a generation of people just fucked up. <laughs> like, I'm not even saying that with, with like, dismissiveness. Like, no, there is a genuine, there is a, an influx of people who are just toe up from the flow up. And by toe up, I mean mentally. Like, just messed up. And it's just really sad. Like, damn. How do we get, how do we get better? You know, what? what is it about the water or whatever it is uh god damn i'm trying to find it dog where is it maybe it wasn't anne hathaway and i think it is anne hathaway so you know so oh i go on imdb and i'm trying to see it oh this is bothering me so badly Um, okay, anyway, let's move forward and I'll get to it at some point. Okay, so next on the topic list, let's discuss Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin has been charged for shooting and killing that woman on the set of the movie that he was acting in called Rust. And Mickey Roark believes that no way in hell Alec Baldwin should be charged in fatal rush shooting. Alec Baldwin faces charges of, excuse me, involuntary manslaughter and the death of cinematographer Helena, Helena Hutchins on the set of the movie Rust. Mickey Rourke vehemently defended Alec Baldwin after the departed star was charged with involuntary manslaughter in the 2021 death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. 70-year-old actor Alec Baldwin. uh, Oh, no, not Alec Baldwin. 70-year-old Mickey Rourke took to Instagram to share his thoughts about the matter. Okay, so... Um, we'll see how this goes. You know, people just begin charged, going through court, and then no one's really going to jail, right? Like, <laughs> nothing's really happening, you guys. Hollywood is fake. What happened to Tory Lanez? Is he now in jail? I, I saw a recent picture of him, of his mug shot, or yeah, his shot as he goes into jail, his into his prison sentence. And it's like, is this a joke? He had this this pink blazer, this white turtleneck like I don't know if that was a sketch but (laughs) I don't know like it just felt so laughable to me like how how are you you're in jail okay and you look like that okay so but we'll see how it goes um when it comes to this case though I think about how accidents happen and unfortunately, this accident le- led to the death of uh, of somebody. And I, you know, I am, this is disappointing. You know, I think it's sad that someone died. Um, it wasn't intentional, he claims. Allegedly, it was not intentional because he did not know that the gun was filled with ammo. He did not know it was a loaded gun. But my thing is, it just all seems so weird to me because why why was there a loaded gun in the, gun in the first place? Like, where is the... 
where is a fake gun? Where is a prop that shows you that it's fake? <laughs> you know, so I, when I think about just this, this entire case, it just all seems so weird to me. It didn't make any sense. I felt as if there were some things that just, just didn't add up. And, uh, you know, God bless. I, I don't know, really know how to feel about it. I think, sure, there should be some consequences, but to give him the, the harshest sentence, I don't know if that is needed. I, I don't know. But I do want to say that I'm sure as the surviving members of her family would want to see some level of consequence done, of course, right? So, you know, I'm speaking about this with sensitivity and I hope it's coming off as such. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it's disappointing to say the least. I don't think disappointing is the right word, actually. I think it's just disturbing. It, the whole thing is disturbing how something like this could have happened, how... Oh, there we go. Watch history. Okay, I'm gonna find it, y'all. I'm gonna find it. Um, the watch history, not con. I said Cosmic Love. Nope. And not Hillsong. Oh my gosh, I remember that show Harlem. I hope it comes back. Oh my gosh, remember the show Them? Child, that was a show. Okay, I'm almost there. I think I'm almost there. Modern Love, y'all. If I don't tell you anything. Please listen to this one thing. <laughs> Ooh, I found it. I knew I was going to figure it out. Modern love. Go on Amazon Prime right now. Go on Amazon Prime. Do you hear? At the sound of my voice, go on Amazon Prime right now. And go type in modern love. <sighs> child i watched this in 2020 and it says here episode seven continue watching so i didn't finish the season i was it was just a lot y'all it was a lot going on and let me see if i could point you to the specific episode that i'm referring to okay it is episode three and yes by um and and hathaway is in this episode i was totally right about that so yeah, Anne Hathaway's in this episode. Take me as I am, whoever I am. That's the name of the episode. That right there should be enough, right? Take me as I am, whoever I am. What, what, what the fuck are you, bitch? <laughs> so, again, Anne Hathaway is playing this woman who suffers from bipolar disorder. She suffers from bipolar disorder. And, uh, oh, child... You just really see her her highs and her lows. You see her highs and you see her lows. You see her highs and you see her low. Like you really see that. And it just made me so sad. I was watching this with so much angst. Like, damn, just get it together. Or damn, why are you acting like this? Just get up. Uh, turn the blinds on or wash your ass. Do what you said he was going to do. Like, there was a scene in which she meets this guy. They have this great first encounter. He asks for her number, and they're supposed to go on a date. Um, as she's getting ready for the date, she's getting so excited. She's prepping for it. She tells her friend. And then she realizes that, wait, I can't go. I can't go. Like, she just starts crumbling. Crumbling. She, she starts crumbling. 
and she starts withdrawing she starts just just going back into a shell and she just transforms she transforms into this just this sad withdrawn lonely this depressive state yet just 10 minutes ago she was excited she was super confident she was floating on cloud nine she had all this energy in the world and then boom 10 minutes later she was gone 10 minutes later that energetic self was no longer and i just look at her and i, I was watching this i was just so i was so enlightened i was so enlightened because i just could not I just could not. I just could not see how how we have so many people in this in this world, in this society that is like this. Like she's not she's acting as someone who is like this in our society. It's not this far-fetched character. She didn't just make this up. No, she is acting as someone who we may know and I just find that to be incredibly sad I was just so taken aback by this so y'all if you don't do anything else if you don't want to watch the whole season just watch this episode episode three again episode three is called take me as I am whoever I am and the name of this show was called Modern Love. It's on Prime Video. Please check it out. Let's talk about let's talk about it. But who God bless. But Anne Hathaway, she did that. I heard she's a B-I-T-C-H in the in the industry. I don't care what she is. All I know is she could act her ass off. When I tell you she played the heck out of this role, I really thought, like, damn bitch, are you bipolar? <laughs> is it you? <laughs> are you the one because my though she played the heck she is well trained she's a thespian okay so god bless Anne hathaway Anne hathaway and uh god bless you know maybe i will finish the rest i think no i think it's just one more episode i was left with yeah and it's just a two season show right or is it one let's see let me look at it yeah, just a two-season show. And I think that was from... Oh my gosh, it is a two-season show. So I never seen season two. So I could look forward to that at some point. Because it's going to be heavy. And it's only 36. Y'all, if you don't watch this right now, after you finish listening to this episode, go ahead and watch that episode. It's only 36 minutes. That tops it off. And for me to feel so, so impacted, so profoundly impacted... After watching a 36-minute episode, that says a lot. So if y'all don't go ahead and just watch this episode, child, I don't know what else you should do. Just please watch it. But yeah, I am taking it back. So there is a season two. The episode I'm referring to is from season one. It's episode three of season one. Again, it's a show called Modern Love. Go to episode three specifically. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a there's a second season. Ooh, it's only eight episodes in total, like the first one. And uh, I am gonna find some time to watch this. This is uh, it's just so well written. You know, I just love well written work. You know, whether it's an essay, 
whether it's a movie, a show, write that shit well. Shit, whether it's a text, did you write it well? <laughs> All I care about, oh, modern love, man. And I think the reason, well, not I think, I realized that the, the name of the, the name of the of the show, the reason why it's called that is you see different expressions of love, different expressions, different examples of love. Um, in the first episode, I remember it was about uh, two star-crossed lovers, like a Romeo and Juliet type of sense, but you see people in separate relationships and one person from each relationship realizes that they want to be with the other and realize that they find no fulfillment in their current relationship. Their relationship eventually dies off and they find themselves back together after some time. And it was just beautiful. Like, hey, you see this modern love. Like, you see examples of that. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in relationships in which, damn, how did I get here? I'm not happy here. Or, you know, I just settled for this person because it just was the quote unquote right thing to do. But it's not what I want. It's not what I wanted. But here I am. And then boom, I happen to encounter someone else who is exactly like me, who I want to be with. And something's in the way. Or, you know, it's a little conflicting. Anyway, you every episode focuses on a different type of love. And the love part in the Anne Hathaway episode is the love for self and how you could still find ways to love yourself despite a mental illness that's trying to t- possess you. Or you could still find love. You could still date someone while having a mental illness, you know, as long as you manage that mental illness. And she just had to love herself enough to learn ways to manage the mental illness and be honest with that and share that with a partner. So, oh, it's just such a well-written show. All right, I'm, I'm enough, enough. I'm sorry. I just talked your ear off. I went on IMDb. <laughs> I went on Blue's Clues. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to find, uh, maybe I need to unlock that. That was so good. Okay, let's wrap it up with Shakari Richardson. Shakari Richardson, remember her, the track star, the black female track star who um, really made a name for herself, I think it was just last year or the year before, and she ran the fastest. And then she was supposed to run again, but she got fined and disqualified for possession of marijuana. And remember, this was a controversy because you have many people feeling like, well, it's just it's just weed. You know, what's the big deal? And, um, you know, so many states are legalizing it now. It's becoming a norm. And, you know, it's not like it's a hard substance. And sure, you may have a point with that, but still, you know you are a professional athlete. You know they are drug testing you at at a whim. Therefore, you have to stay on ready. So um, the fact that she did not show any accountability initially, because she was fighting back, and she was showing a lot of pushback for it, and being super defensive instead of just humbling herself. And you had the black community, some people in the black community talking about, oh, well, dang, I didn't know you were the police now, you know? 
<laughs> dang, I didn't know, you know, who are you to, you know, judge this woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so she has found herself in another kafuzzle, whatever the term is, in an airport, on an airplane, with a flight attendant. You know, that is a no-go. If, the one thing you should not ever do you should not ever, you shouldn't ever, 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 ever fight with the flight attendant. Now, she did not physically fight with her or him. It was a man, actually, a, a male flight attendant, which I hate seeing. Like, what the fuck? And I, you know, most of the time they're gay, so I guess. But I just keep it to the ladies. Can we just, can we just keep something to ourselves? Fuck. Can we just keep something? Can we keep the pussy to ourselves? Can we? Okay, so again, remember, she is 23 years old. So she is super young. Yes, she's a professional athlete. So she still should know better. But again, she is young. And there's this lack of growing pains that she hasn't experienced yet because of her age you know, typically, that's typically how it goes. But nonetheless, she is just wilding. So she is claiming that the flight attendant disrespected her while she was on a phone call prior to takeoff. Now, what's wrong with this sentence? Who could tell me? Uh, yes, you in the back. Who? What is wrong with this sentence? Let me read it again. Let me read it again. In the post... The 23-year-old claimed the flight attendant disrespected her while she was on a phone call prior to takeoff. Oh, 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 you got it? You got the answer? Yeah, yeah. You were on a phone call. You were on a phone call. Why are you picking up the phone, talking on it, prior to takeoff? You guys know the drill. You have to put things on airplane mode, which I don't do, really. I don't do that anymore. I don't really like, what are we doing? No, I'm not doing that. Um, sometimes I do, I guess, but it's not a big deal. But I'm not on a phone call. You're not supposed to be on the phone call answering or making calls. I don't care who's on the line. Get off. If it's really that serious, you know what? Y'all need to go ahead and never mind. Someone can take the seat. Never mind. I got to go. But you cannot be on the phone talking prior to takeoff. That is a time when you should be watching diligently at the directions should a crash happens, you know what to do. Which, you know, you should always be paying attention, of course. But like, at the very least, don't be on a phone call. Like, come on. So she claims that the gentleman, she said prior to the video, prior to the video, this gentleman asked me to get off a cell phone call. She said, I did. Um, she said she stated to him that she didn't like the tone he used with me. And then here we go. Here we go. It starts with there. I don't like your tone. And look, yeah, sure. People could have a tone um, that's inappropriate or, you know, that's filled with attitude and stuff like that. But again, you gotta, you gotta have to kind of like pick your battles. You know what I mean? And who's to say if he did or did not use a negative tone with her? I can't be the judge of that. Obviously, I wasn't there and I'm not her. I don't know to her what is offensive and what is necessary for her to really pop off on. Anyway, she felt like it was necessary to pop off on. So she said, following that, while standing in front of me doing the safety protocols, he continued to lean over to look at my phone. He asked to see that my phone were in a airplane mode um, at this point. 
he demanded that me show and this is her this is her words verbatim it's not me reading it (laughs) he demanded that that she showed him her phone and she said that she did now i thought this was a little extra because typically i've never seen an air a flight attendant asked let me see your phone on airplane mode i think he i think the flight attendant was just being a dick um just really trying to dominate his power in this moment because he probably was already annoyed with her earlier since she was on her phone taking a phone call so she said that um what happened so she said that she feels like he was harassing her at this point and she said to him you're harassing me at this point i think you should stop i think you should stop The flight attendant's initial comments toward Richardson were not seen in the social media videos. And she ended up getting booted. She ended up getting kicked off the airplane, y'all. Several passengers were were heard making various comments about about the situation with one person seeming to tell Richardson to end the argument with the airline employee. The, um, The other flight passenger said you're making me miss my connecting flight or you know thank you by the way I'm missing my connection and she's like oh you care so much about your connection you don't care about him talking to me like this and now she's playing this whole victim role and all this bullshit like girl just if you was on the phone call then it wouldn't have led to this point you know or if you just pick your battles wisely whether he spoke to you in a negative tone you can just like check it real quick and move on like okay you don't have to speak to me like that and then just cut it right there you know what I mean like some things like you could check somebody without it going further you know you could let them know don't you ever raise your voice to me like that again right you could let them know who the <laughs> how about to say you, who the fuck you talking to no that will take it there i mean sometimes things could be taken there and it's warranted yes i think sometimes things are warranted but when you're in a situation in which this is not only including you right you're at, you're on a plane other people are impacted by this because now that she was escorted off the plane Everyone else are now experience everyone else is now experiencing this inconvenience and now they have to miss their connecting flight if they had one. They're now arriving later than they thought they would or that was projected because of this incident. You know, they gotta pick your battle. So anyway, hopefully she could get it together. God bless. All right, you guys, I'm gonna go ahead and end it here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate every listen. I encourage you all to make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on all the platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Anchor, all of that, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, what else? Yeah, all of that. Um, and make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend and YouTube, of course. I need more subscribers. I appreciate the subscribers that I have currently and I am welcoming for more to come. Thank you so much for listening and I will check in with you all next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. If you liked it, leave a review, share, and subscribe. God bless.